This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Back, welcome to Pat and Stu. Uh, interesting story, just as kind of an aside here. Twenty-four-year-old uh, NFL rookie uh, Chris Borland. He'd, he'd be going into his second year, so it'd be his sophomore season in the NFL. Retired yesterday. That's amazing. Forty-Niners linebacker, really good. Had a great had a great first season, and he says he's he's worried about uh, worried about head trauma, and so it's not worth it. And he got out. That's amazing. I, I think, wonder if that's going to start happening more and more. Yeah, that's what everyone As seems to the be hysteria, thinking. you know, continues to escalate on this thing. Yeah. It seems to be that's the, the, the take of uh, sportscasters is this is just the first of many, which it may be true. Uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it seems to me that the market's going to play this thing out and, yes. and people are going to realize, well, you know what? I really love the game, and I can make a lot of money. And, yes, mm-hmm. there's a risk, but the risk isn't as large as been publicized, and I'm just going to go for it. And even if the risk is as large. Mm-hmm. I mean, when all of those players, when asked that have been injured and are done playing and asked, would you still play if you knew? Yeah. The answer is yes. Well. So uh, if your heart isn't yeah. in it. Yeah. And, and we're a long way from the days of the frozen Bronco tundra Nugurski. where Bronco Nagurski <laughs> yeah. came out uh. for the second half. With his lower torso torn completely yes. from his body. It is amazing this guy's not getting any of that, though. There's no, yeah. none, none of that, like, wait a minute, you're in football, be, be tough type yeah. of thing. Like, hey. it's not even that he's hurt, it's that he thinks he might get hey, hurt. sissy. Now, did he have a concussion last year? I think so. Do we I know? Think, I think he did have So maybe that scared bit. the hell out of him, and yeah. he's like, uh, right, look, okay, yeah. I, I've seen the fruits of that. I, I'm... I'm looking at the stories of Jim McMahon. I'm seeing what's happening to him. He can't remember where he is when he goes out sometimes. I don't want that. And at 24, he's going to find something else to do. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Tough to walk away from millions like that. Yeah, it's. I think a big part of it too is is you have these rookie contracts that are not millions anymore. I mean, they're you know the rookie contracts now right. are you know it's a few yeah, hundred thousand he, a year, I what and, he made. and that's big money. But remember, yeah. your career, your average career length is three years. Yeah, you got to make so, it through and that first his, contract. Yeah. His was one. So yeah. he doesn't have yeah, a I mean, fortune to, to go forward with. Now he might be one of those guys that's very smart and can go and, and do 25,000 other things, and it's not a big deal, uh, although I don't think that's going to be the case with all NFL players. Elvis. No, uh, no it is not. Elvis got some cash last year from the uh, yeah, Patriots. Yeah, the year. Did, was he smart with it? Did oh, he? yes. Yeah. Yeah, very smart Good. Good. I mean, he's not like he's his nice. dad. No. I think I mean, we, clearly, all we all know that. Well, what I mean what by smart see? with it is that he let me 
oversee it. He, <laughs> that would not I be mean, smart with it. No, he, that's how smart. Uh, I, I think uh, virtually 100 percent of Americans would agree that would not have been smart. <laughs> uh, you know what's but cool? Yes. Uh, you know what's cool in actual stories and 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 real world situation is that Benjamin Netanyahu, against all the odds, against all the predictions, actually won and won handily last night in the Israeli election. Really good news because uh, I really like him and. You know this government, our government, oh. is pissed. They wouldn't even congratulate him. Oh, they, really? They congratulated the Israeli people on having an election. Oh, thank what? you. Yeah, that's 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 magnanimous. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that what was a, tough. We're a democracy. Yes, we had guy. an election. Thank you. It's that's high praise. Uh, so the bastard. Uh, I okay. and here's the interesting thing to me because day before the election, or maybe two days before the election. <clears throat> he made this huge announcement about, uh, while I'm here, there will be no Palestinian state. I vow, no Palestinian state. So he doubled down when all the chip, chips were supposedly against him. When everybody was saying he was too extreme, you're too this, you're too that, you're too uh, warmongery, you're, yeah. you're too strident, you're... You're just extreme on all the issues. What does he do? He doubles down. Yeah. And he says, no Palestinian state. In the face of the other guy, you know, granting capitulations to the other side, should that not be a signal of the right way to go for an American politician as well? When they're being told, you can't win by being conservative. You can't win. You're too extreme. They will call you a, a nut job. You're a you're a kook. You can't uh, you can't well, win this way. If anything, this administration taught us that, right? I mean, right. if you believe in something, double down on double it. Double down on it. That's what Keep they've done going. all the time. The left does it successfully all the time. every time. We never do. The right never does it. No, look, never uh, does it. When you have principles, you should uh, go with them. You should and stick with them, and you make a decision, and you go. We go forward. Good with example. Uh, yesterday, we're kind of all over the place here, but I'm just uh, a little scatterbrained uh, right now. But Ted Cruz was on uh, MSNBC with uh, Joe and Mika. Yeah, we have that audio. I think. Do we have that here later in the oh, show? So maybe we'll talk about that later. No, we'll just show, do it now. It's a uh, a, it's okay. a, a two, and for if you're playing along at home and scoring at home, okay, a two, a two block today, a two block today. <laughs> uh, so just get your sheet out, cross off the a two block, and we'll go there. So what we'll do if you're scoring at home again is we'll probably do a one next hour yeah. mm -hmm. in the a two place, but we'll do a two <laughs> and a one now. We should really create okay. scorecards, and we can tell everyone how out of the order we do the show every day. Uh, I think they, I think they'd appreciate that. Uh, uh, yeah. So Cruz was asked this on MSNBC. Uh, yeah. This is how he responded when asked if he'd write the letter, if he'd sign the letter again. I love this man. Love it. So the little girl thing, very cute. I think you're very nice. I, 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 you're going to get a lot of grief from your listeners. Yeah, I am. Oh, but I, 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 I want to look at just how deeply we disagree on something here. John McCain says he's sorry for signing that letter. He says he wouldn't have. Today, would you still sign it? <laughs> I would sign it, and as John Hancock said, I would sign it in large print. There you go. So that, so that the Ayatollah wouldn't need his reading glasses to read, <laughs> we read the We so yes. disagree, respectfully. Uh, Senator Ted right. Cruz, thank you very much. I love him. How great is that? He doubles down on it when right miserable loser John McCain, I'm sorry I signed it. Fight with me, my friends. I'm not signing things from now on. Fight with me. Let's vow never to sign anything ever again. Fight with me, my friends. While that loser, uh, while that equivocator, while that moderate, 
leftist Republican is saying he's sorry for signing it, Ted Cruz is, yeah, I'd sign it. I'd sign it bigger. So yeah. he wouldn't have to use his reading glass. I love that. Fantastic. Love that. And uh, so do you know what, why McCain says he backed out of signing it? No. Do we have any idea? No. No? Uh, Probably because it's caused the flack it has, and he can't handle any. I he, guess he that's it. It's interesting because the one thing he usually, and McCain I am no fan of, the one thing he usually has a pretty good backbone on is war stuff. Yeah, right. Uh, to, right. And, and it's interesting to see him fold on that. I mean, he, I mean yeah. he's pathetic, and he's one of the worst senators in America. Not as bad as Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham's worse. Um, but outside, but they're essentially the same person. He's just from South Carolina, so he gets a couple of extra points from representing a state that gave us Jim DeMint and Tim Scott and gives us freaking Lindsey Graham as their other senator. A disgrace. It's to a the, schizophrenic to the, state. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. Well, his, his thing here, when asked about why he signed it, I saw the letter, I saw it looked reasonable to me, and I signed it. That's all. I signed a lot of letters. What? A, oh, you, you, I don't you even, sign a lot of letters? I sign a lot of letters. <laughs> I saw the, I saw I the letter. Guess, I, mean, I saw really? it looked reasonable to me, and I signed it. So why is he saying he's not signing? Why is he? Embarrassed? Did he think somebody wanted him to sign an autograph? <laughs> it was an autograph seeker, and he thought he was signing that. Why does it no longer look reasonable to him? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I haven't found that yet. I'll keep know. looking for that. Really and strange. Maybe report back to us. Uh, okay. In the meantime, we can show you why this guy is going to be our next president. He seems completely unwilling to compromise his principles. I love it, and I love it, and I think to me. That's the key to victory. Stick to it. And when, when people are telling you that you're too extreme, you're too this, you're too that, double down on it. I mean, if it's the right principle, go for it. The left is, a, like Jeffy said, is a great example. Obama has done that every step of the way for eight years now. And it's worked well for him. So Ted Cruz uh, is doubling down on this letter thing. And then here's what he said. You tell me if this sounds like a presidential candidate. Here is uh, Ted Cruz on taxes. What would Ted Cruz's tax reform package look like? Well, there are two things. There's the perfect, the ideal, and then what you would accept. Right. The perfect, the ideal, and what I intend to fight for is a simple flat tax, yeah. where, where every person can fill out his or her taxes on a postcard, which would enable you to abolish the IRS. What's the rate? Uh, you know, that we're still working on numbers, so I, I haven't rolled, rolled out a specific tax plan. Yeah. Uh, and, and there are trade-offs you have in terms of if you have a standard deduction, how high it is, right. it impacts but, but the rate. But big picture, you're big a flat picture, tax guy. I'm a flat tax guy, low and simple. Now, that's not easy to do. A lot of forces in Washington, a lot of lobbyists don't want it. So, you know, a lot of folks uh, have like to caricature me as someone who will never compromise. Yeah. Right. Now, you know, one person who's never said that is me. Right. I mean, I've said from the beginning, my attitude on compromise is the same as Reagan's. Reagan asked, what do you do if they offer you half a loaf? Answer, you take it, and then you come back for more. Right. So on tax reform, I would readily agree to tax reform that broadened the base, that lowered the rates, that simplified the code, that moved towards a flat tax, even if it didn't go all the way. And then once we passed it, I'd try to go back and say, okay, let's finish the <laughs> journey. More. Yes. Okay. I, I like that. I mean... I mean, that's sensible, uh, you know, sensible for sure, you know, I mean, and I, I, I what I caught there, though, at the very beginning that I really like is I haven't rolled out my specific tax plan yet. Now, if you're a U.S. senator, why are you rolling out specific tax plans? Uh, unless you, I guess you're doing legislation or something. He's preparing his candidacy.
Oh yeah. When he rolls out <laughs> his tax plan, oh, that's what he's no that's You're what right. he's telling us right there. Yes, uh, yet another strong indication, yeah. uh, as if we needed another one, yep. uh, that he is running for president. And and look, you know, he's the guy. He, if there's anybody who can get a flat tax done, it's probably him. Maybe Rand Paul is probably in that category too. He's pretty good on that sort of thing as well. But you know, you figure Ted Cruz is going to go in there, and I, I you like that. The issue with compromises. And, you know, of course, Cruz knows this. I'm not t teaching him anything new, but it's something to watch is you never get the half a loaf for free. Mm -hmm. You could, yeah, take if they give you a half a loaf, you take it and then you go back for more. Sure. Absolutely true. The problem is you get a half a loaf and you have to give, you know, a gallon of milk in exchange for it. What is that milk you're giving? Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that's going to be the issue. This is where a lot of politicians fall down. This is not where Ted Cruz has fallen down. He has not done that in the past, and I don't expect him to do it in the future. But that's going to be the pull. That's going to be the tough thing because people yeah. are going to come to him and say, look, we're not going to give you a flat tax. We'll, we'll make it a little bit more flat maybe here. Uh, however, you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z over here. You know, but how about if we give the rich, the wealthy, anybody making over $75,000 a year? The extreme wealth. Uh, yeah, the extreme mm -hmm. wealth in this nation. Nobody needs more than 74000 a year. So no. anybody 75 and up, we'll give them a flat tax of 83%. I think that's fine. And then, and then the other lower rate, the, the rate will be somewhat lower for those making under that. It'll be 1%. And then that's the kind of thing they'll try to do to and, him. And then at 77000 a third uh, bracket comes in, which is 100%. Right. Well, yeah, because, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's cause you know sure, what he needs. you can keep 17% of your money from 75 to 78. Mm -hmm. But after 78, you can't keep that. Money. No, that's ridiculous. Can't keep that. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah, we just take all of it. <laughs> Uh, at that point. And apparently he was sounding even uh, more presidential-like uh, later on in the interview. What is the hard question that's asked of you? What's the tough question that you keep hearing over and over again up there? The, the toughest question that I think every candidate's being asked is how can we trust you? People are so fed up Every with politicians, yeah. frankly, in both parties, right. that, that sound great on the stump. They mm -hmm. tell people what they want to hear. And then they go to Washington and they don't do what they said. And so that... You get a variant of that question over and over and over again. People are cynical and they're tired of being lied to and they're, they're looking for someone who'll tell them the truth. Growth is what drives everything and growth comes from small businesses. Two-thirds of all new jobs come from small businesses. And I, and I try to approach every domestic issue through, through the prism of what I call opportunity conservatism, which is that we should focus like a laser on opportunity, on easing the means of a set up the economic ladder. Two historic levers government has had for growth have been tax reform and regulatory reform. Every time we have employed those, whether in the 1920s, the 1960s, or the 1980s, we've seen enormous growth. Every time, on the other hand, we, put, we explode taxes and spending and regulation, we right. see stagnation and malaise. Right. Given the support you, you're describing here that you've seen out there, why not run for president? What's the argument against it? Well, I'm looking at it very seriously, and, and really we're measuring our support. And, All right. And, and right now, the support we're seeing, it's, it's, it's very encouraging. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm ready to vote for him right now, to be honest with you. I mean, let's oh, just go yeah. ahead and get it over. Oh, if the election were today, that's absolutely who I'm voting for. I'll say, since, um, since I was of voting age, I have never been more pro a candidate. <laughs> On either side of no, the No, I haven't either. I mean, I, Including I, I, Reagan. Yeah, well, and I, I never... I had more doubts about Reagan than I have about Ted Cruz. Wow, wow that's quite a, that's quite mm -hmm. a statement. I, I, now, my first, uh, the first president I voted for was Bob Dole. 
so uh, I didn't get a chance to go for Reagan. And mm. I don't think there's been an incredible crop of candidates since then yeah. for the Republicans. However, you know, even, you know, people like George Bush, there was a time where, like, George Bush, people were pretty passionate about it. I like George Bush. I was in favor of him. I, you know, uh, George W. Bush uh, talking about. Um, you know, and, and there's been, uh, and I'm talking about not just the guy who gets to the end and, and you're p passionate because they're against some horrible candidate like John Kerry. I mean, it's easy to get passionate then, but when you talk about even through these primaries, when you have 20 guys that are up there, I mean, we talked about Rick Santorum, who I like Rick. You know, he's, he's, he's a good, he's a good mm -hmm. guy and, and, and a good candidate, I think, um, and did pretty well last time, finishing second. Um, but, I mean, you know, no, no offense to Rick. I mean, Ted Cruz, if he runs for president, you know, I'm, I, I have yet to see him fall down. I've yet to see Never him do anything yeah. that Never makes me think it. that he can't do this job, do it well, live with principle. I, I mean, he's been the, the complete package so far. He's not, he's, uh, you know, highly educated. He's mm -hmm. not the type that, you know, you know, comes up with, a, you know, gaff after gaff after gaff. He's not that guy. I mean, you've criticized that he sounds like Dana Carvey doing George H.W. Bush, which is legitimate. Thing I come up with. And he really sounded like it there. Yeah. He yeah, really he did. did. He doesn't look like him. No, he, he does. does. No, but he, he does sound no. like him. But he does He does sound like Dana Carvey doing H.W. He, he does have that. It doesn't, look, it doesn't appear like he's going to lose that. No, 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 he's no, not. He's not. No, but I mean, he's not working he's not. to. No. You haven't noticed any changes in how he's uh, delivering. Uh, in his cadence or anything. Yeah. Uh, but plus, he, uh, uh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to remind you that presidential candidate uh, John McCain doesn't seem to be backing off that. But he's. Oh, he isn't backing off? Uh, I mean, he's going Where did Mika get it. that then? Well, he's going with it. He's just treating it like. Uh, uh, well, I should have read it better. We were trying to get out of Washington because there was a snowstorm coming. He's blaming it on other things. But why? Wh but blaming what? Essentially, out. the signing of the letter. I should have read it. We should have talked about it more. Yeah, it's weird. So it's like he doesn't believe in it at all. Mm -hmm. But impressions, but as far as the voice goes, are important. I will say this: uh, I was I posted a picture of Jeffy on my Facebook page uh, <laughs> last night, uh, and it was a picture of Jeffy. And obviously, it was a, it was a shoot for the show, and somehow he worked whipped cream into it, and then he had whipped cream all over his face and, and all over his hands. And somebody uh, uh, pointed out in the comments that. This is the first picture I've ever seen of Jeffy. I did not expect him to be that color. <laughs> and I guess, you know, Jeffy's got a big, ballsy voice. Mm -hmm. And apparently he thought he was going to look like Barry White. Really? Yeah. And well, I was like, that's I'd interesting. Because, I mean, obviously we're on TV every day. And I, I, I've always seen Jeffy when I've heard him. I never thought of that. Somebody thought Jeffy was black? Somebody thought Jeffy was black? I'd like to say thank you. I'm a huge fan of Barry White. You could do the Barry White and thing. I, I love Barry. But out here walking... Talking to myself for about four hours. Now. That's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> He's got hey, that man, voice. Yeah. Going on? yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. He does. Triple eight seven two seven back. Right. These people, they they deserve it. I, I, we got this story here. That this snarky article from Breitbart. <laughs> Where they're saying the Heritage Foundation is estimating the lifetime retri retirement costs of illegal aliens, granted executive amnesty, the cost of that will be $1.3 trillion. And I say, so what? So what? what they deserve it. Did they take the time to sneak across our border? Well, yeah. They yeah. Did. yeah, they did. Did they take the time to live in the shadows and maybe commit uh, identity theft and fraud? 
Tax evasion, perhaps? Yes, uh, yes, they did. Mm -hmm. The least we can do is reward them with some retirement money. Huh. <laughs> $1.3 Big deal. Like, that's terrible? Oh, excuse me. Uh, I'm sorry, we got 20 million people here illegally. We, what do you want them to do? Starve in their retirement years? I mean, no. You think you want them to be able to go back and send some of this money back home to their families? Yeah. You want them to be able to take a retirement vacation from time to time? Yeah. Of course, it's going to cost some money. Are you seriously comfortable with $1.3 trillion? Because I think it should I'm be I'm really not. It should be, yeah, it should be much, 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 maybe, much higher. Maybe $50 trillion is the right number. Maybe $100 trillion oh, is that's even, that's better. Better. even better. That's even, even better. better. We but, can just keep um, going. Uh, I think whatever number you can come up with, add $100 trillion to it. Yeah. If you, so if you okay. yeah, yeah, $900 quadrillion, add $100 trillion to that. <laughs> uh, whatever number you come up with makes you racist. So, so it would be 900.1 quadrillion. Correct. Okay. And I like then, that. But once you come up with that number, you need to add another, add another trillion. $100 trillion. $100 trillion. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, according to Heritage, uh, they prepared testimony for a House panel, um, and is, it assumes that at least 4 million, about 4 million illegals would apply for and receive legal status under the Deferred Action for Parents of U.S. Citizens and Legal Permanent Residents, the DAPA program. The lifetime cost of Social Security benefits would hit $1.3 I mean, this is unbelievable stuff. This, well, we get a net gain from illegal immigration. I don't know what these conservatives are talking about. There's actually a net gain. They're good for the economy. They're good for the economy, Stu. A lot of, they do a lot of good things for the economy. Really? Yeah, a lot of good mm. for the economy. They're working hard, and they put money back, and they're paying their taxes. If they pay rent, because then they're, the person they rent from pays the property tax. So, you know, indirectly they're paying taxes. <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, pays, they'll, when they buy things at the store, they're paying taxes. Mm -hmm. So, so I, um, and this is people like to look at these numbers and be like, well, you know, I can't believe they're these illegal immigrants are taking so much out of these programs. Well, so does everybody else. I mean, they're not alone in the idea that they take uh, take more than they put into these programs. Everybody does, with the exception of the very wealthy. The problem is they shouldn't be here. They, a, they shouldn't be here, so they shouldn't get any of the benefits, obviously, unless they're actual citizens, which they are not. But beyond that, uh, the, the systems are set up so poorly that this is why we're trillions and trillions in debt. It's not just the illegal immigrants, but when, when you have a huge problem like we already have with these programs, you can't add to it and make it worse. Mm -hmm. You, you want to go the other way? I don't know if Washington even understands this. When you, when you have a problem with spending in a program, what you want to do is you want to cut that spending. You want to spend less. Now, less is the opposite of more. Wait. So you don't want to do the... Wait, what? Less. Uh -huh. Less. Yeah. Spend, you want to spend... Le... 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 More... No, see, oh, I can't shit. quite do it. Oh, uh, you'd make a good senator. Yeah. You really would. Yeah. Pat Cray for Senate. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just, it's such a ridiculous, uh, it is. you know, thing. And it's like, well, of it course, you know, $1.3 trillion um, is completely fine to, to people in Washington because they don't care. Are they, well, how many votes do they get for that? What's the price per vote? There's a metric they'll understand. Okay, well, we can get, you know, for $100,000 a vote, we can, uh, we can do this program. But another program might get us a vote for $50,000 a vote. So let's, let's, let's enact that one instead. I swear, if they could get those numbers, uh, you, could, you could detect exactly what programs would be, uh, would be most 
supported in Washington. There, you know, I, I think that the Democrats are even starting to piss off their base a little bit. And, and there's some evidence of that in some of the stories we've seen lately because these the illegals are taking so many jobs now. And the jobless rate is supposed to be, I don't know, what is it supposedly right now, 5.4, 5.5, whatever it is. But the actual numbers, you know, everybody knows 10 or 11 percent of people who actually would like a job that can't find one. And many of them have actually given up looking because it's been so hard. But um, there was a bunch of information technology workers who <clears throat> did some anon anonymous uh, testimony yesterday for the Senate Judiciary Committee hearing <clears throat> on immigration reform. And one of the former IT workers at a multi-billion dollar utility provider uh, Southern Cal Edison. Um, they didn't want. To, they, they chose to remain anonymous because of a, a uh, an agreement they signed with their former employer. Uh, but he said, "I've paid my taxes. I obeyed the laws. I've been a good citizen, supporting the community with donations. I voted for President Obama and was appalled that he implemented this rule change, which allows work permits to H-1B spouses." My future votes will only go to candidates to support reforms to the H-1B visa program that preserve the American worker. They're getting sick and tired of preferential treatment for people who shouldn't be here. It's hard to have any sympathy for him because he voted for Obama. Oh, yeah, I have no he should have known damn well and good better. Right. But I, he didn't. You know, it's just uh, the H-1 thing, because I know Michelle Malkut is big on this, too. She <clears> was talking about it yesterday and how bad it is. And, and, <clears throat> You know, like, I, if you're actually coming here on a visa, then you're not an illegal immigrant, right? You're a legal immigrant. You're coming here. And, yeah, if you, have, if you have a visa, yeah, yes. Yeah, so, yes. But uh, they tweaked the program to make it so that the spouses could get it, too. So now they're taking jobs as well. Right. And it's like, well, you know, and, and, so I'm, I understand the, the, that some people wouldn't like that. I, I mean, I certainly... Uh, yeah, of course you wouldn't it. like that if you're out of work because of it. Yeah. I, I don't... One of them testified yesterday that they actually had to train the foreign worker, the foreign national, who was taking their job. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I mean, that would, yeah. yeah, that would piss you off. Yeah. I yes. mean, there's so many problems that lead to that unemployment rate being as high as it is in the first place. And, I, and those would be the, uh, those problems should be solved. Yeah. Uh, and, now, you know, someone like Ted Cruz would actually do that. As a rule, I don't have a big issue with the uh, technology workers we're bringing in because a lot of these companies say they need them. Now, do they? I guess. I, I don't know. There's supposedly more jobs in the tech sector than Americans can fill. If that's the case, all right, bring them in from somewhere else. If you're just trying to skirt the American worker because it costs you a little bit more, I think that sucks. And, you know, it, it's going to hurt America in the long run. Yeah, I mean it's that's that's uh, that's probably true. It's 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 a tough line to walk because obviously it I is. think if people want to come and work here and and be, you know, it's one thing to have people coming over here, you know, taking money, sending it home. You know, that's it's frustrating. But it's like you know, if people want to come here and be part of the country and and they're willing to go through the legal actual legal way of doing it, I have no problem with it. I I don't like when they're manipulating systems for friends and. Uh, and things like that. There's people who legitimately wait in line for a long time, and those people should have preferential treatment uh, rather than somebody who happens to know somebody uh, who works in Washington. I, I, you know, nobody likes that. I think that's that's fair to say. So I don't know. It's it's that's an interesting one, and and uh, it is the the uh, immigration issue is it's a tough one. I, I don't know. 
it's hard to know whether there's even two sides to the debate anymore. It seems like the Democrats and Republicans both basically agree we have to let everybody come here and do whatever they want. Because they're looking for votes. Because uh, they want votes. So, mm. I, I mean, at this point, it's like you have a few people up there who are fighting the good fight, and then everybody else is just, well, how can we manipulate this to best help our party? Let me ask you another question. Somewhat immigration-related. Okay. How do you feel about illegal alien jihadists uh, being welfare recipients? In this country, how do you feel about that? Really is that good. Okay, you really feel good, good about that. Yeah, yeah. is that really the right good? answer? Is that the answer yes. you're looking for? Really good. Yes, it is, because in France they're not feeling as good now, and so they've decided to actually cut some of the welfare benefits to about 290 jihadists. Uh, Apparently, <laughs> uh, the Interior Ministry identified close to 300 individuals who left France to wage jihad in Iraq or Syria. <laughs> They're not even in France anymore. <laughs> They're actually France. fighting a They're war. Like, you know what? Hey, let's take away their welfare benefits. <laughs> while they're fighting French while, interests in other parts of the world? While they're, mm -hmm. they're taking the time, putting their lives on the line mm -hmm. to fight against French interests in other countries. Our so uh, soldiers you're talking about here. Yeah. I mean, sure, there are soldiers yeah. for ISIS, but You talk about soldiers. ingrateful. Mm -hmm. You talk about, you're talking to the interior minister in France. This guy... Mm -hmm. You know, he said, uh, "He said thanks to the government's platform allowing people to report suspected cases of Islamic radicalization, instances in which persons have traveled outside the national territory are immediately indicated to officials in charge of dispersing social benefits. <laughs> uh, although that one, it's interesting. That's kind of like great. a little creepy. I but, love that story, though. Yeah, it is a great one. It's awesome. Nice, nice move by France there. Yeah, I mean, they've done some good things lately. You might as well give credit where credit is due. Triple eight seven two seven back. More patents too coming up. Yeah." Whereabouts are constantly monitored, aren't you? Oh, well, he's got the ankle bracelet right now. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. The GPS uh, implants. Oh, we weren't going to talk about that. Oh, sorry. back is the phone number. Uh, so Vox is uh, saying that Al Gore should run for president. Uh, Vox well, is, uh, I mean, how many times have we said it? I agree fully in this. You know, we've been saying it way before Vox. Oh, my God. Klein, all that stuff. We've, we've been saying it before all the lefties. Yes. I mean, he's your great white hope. He's your great dem hope. This was started here by Pat Gray. It really was. It really was. Yes. I came up with the Al Gore theory. You did. And, and we've uh, been fighting for it ever it. since. And I'm damn proud of it. What was that? So really the, we, we here in the Patton Stew Show and also the Glenn Beck program um, believe that the perfect Democratic primary would be Al Gore, mm -hmm. Joe Biden, yes. and Elizabeth Warren. Oh, my gosh. Um, if those three can run together, it and will why? be the greatest. Uh, well, first of all, Joe Biden will be making a dumb comment every day. Every day. Every day. Every day we'll have some great audio yep. from him. Stand up, Chuck. Oh, crap. Oh. That's right. You're a cripple. I'm sorry. Oh. Sit down. Yeah. Sit down. Relax. <laughs> Then I mean, you have stay where you're at. <laughs> Al Gore, in which we have uh, Pat's uh, impression of Al Gore, which right. we would be able okay. to exploit be fun. Uh, to unlimited levels. And also, he would be making lots of gaffes, too, I'm sure. I'm sure. And then Elizabeth Warren, who not only is Native American, people don't realize that, no. but also, if she were to win the nomination, Pat would have to eat his underwear and old gym socks. <laughs> if those three run against each other, we so will we have a 90 share in every market. All those storylines. Uh, this will be the greatest thing of all time for us. I we probably we, wouldn't even mention the Republicans. Yeah, we wouldn't even notice they were running. <laughs> it's like Ted Cruz 
He's like, can I come on? Sorry, Who? Ted. No, no. We're Ted, we're busy. Uh, no, sorry. We're in the middle of something. No time. We've got Al Gore on. Yeah. Uh, no time for the next president show? of the United States. Mm -hmm. No time. No time. Uh, so, yeah, he's offering a genuinely different point of view from what the Democrat Party and, by extension, American politics should be about. Um, who wrote this for Vox? I think Ezra Was Klein. Was it Ezra? Which, Ezra I mean, Klein? Ezra Klein, if you, if you don't know yeah. who Ezra Klein is, he's a guy who was at the Washington Post for a long time. He's uh, respected in the sort of uh, political circles in yeah. that, like, he's like one of those, like, people... Um, the, I mean, this this site was essentially started by him. Uh, That's what I was going to say. He yeah. started it, right? Yeah. He did. He was yeah. at the Washington Post for a long time. And he's like one of those, like, you know, geeky, liberal, uh, you know, blogger types. that Young, up-and-coming pundits that right. and think I, I don't he knows know. everything. Yeah. And uh, the point of this being that when he says this, uh, has a little bit of weight behind it in mm -hmm. that community. I, I don't think in the in the regular world anyone cares, but... Uh, in the hey, who, what progressive are we going to get to run for president if Hillary fails? There's something legitimate here behind this. So some of the reasons I guess he's offering here is that income inequality is a serious problem. Now, it, is Al Gore the guy you want tackling income inequality? A guy worth 500 million to a billion dollars? Shut up. Uh, but then he says, but climate change is an existential threat. So he's saying climate change is bigger than income bigger inequality. Bigger than income in and inequality. And who best to handle income inequality or to uh, climate change? Gore. Of course, Al Gore. When it comes to climate change, no one in the Democrat Party or any other political party with Gore's combination of credibility and commitment. Bill McKibben, founder of the Climate Action Group 350.org, calls Gore's work on the issue the most successful second act of any political life in the U.S. history. Now, he has Ooh. never achieved anything when it comes to the climate he, in fact, he's, he... All he's done is talk about it. All he's done is talk about it. That's all he's done. Now, you could do the generic, he's raised awareness, but he's raised sure. awareness and the people have rejected it after they become aware of it. Uh, so I don't think that that's like an accomplishment. I, and remember, this is the guy, he himself <laughs> was not in favor of the, the Kyoto Protocol uh, back in the day when he had an opportunity to do something about it when he was in the administration for Clinton. The other thing is, uh, Ezra, yes, please... Get Al Gore and make climate change your number one. Deal. Oh, my God. Uh, we beg you. Oh. We beg of you to do it. Please do that. Because Americans don't give a rat's ass about climate change. Let's be honest. No. They don't care about it. They, even if they believe it, they don't care about it. Even if they believe that the climate is warming, the warming is worse than it's ever been, it's worse than the models predicted, it's, it's worse than anybody ever expected... We're going to drown in 100 years. They don't care. They're concerned about now. I don't have a job. My uh, bank account's not big enough. Is ISIS going to kill my children? That's what they care about. All of these issues. Climate change is dead last in every single poll. Even if you believe it, it's not a main issue for you. No, it's not. And it's please because, run on climate change. Yeah, please, please, no, please, please do it. I mean, do uh, it. That would be the greatest thing in the world. And and this is why another reason why Al Gore would be great for him to run. Uh, if you're, you want this debate to be about climate change, I think I'm fine with that. Um, that totally would be fantastic. Fine. I mean, will it irritate us from time to time? Yes. Oh God, yeah. But it, I mean, the American people will reject it. It's going to be incredibly uh, an incredibly yeah. frustrating debate. Um, but it's one that I think it would be great to have. I'd like to have more people focus on it, and uh, I think they'll see the correct side of the argument, to be perfectly honest And with as you. we talked about the other day, you've, you've got the great hypocrisy from Gore of him taking uh, um, current, his network that he used to have, and selling it to Al Jazeera, 
a huge benefactor of the oil industry, uh, and the industry he hates. Mm -hmm. Fossil fuels are, are killing the planet. Still, the earth has a fever. It has a temperature of 103. Come on, baby, do you do more than dance? I'm hot-blooded, and so is the planet. But still, what I did was, for money, fold my network to that evil oil industry. Yeah, but, I mean... Still so what? Still, right? <laughs> but, still. but still. But still, he's uh, a superstar. Yeah, if you, want to, so... if you want to read a little bit into this past, just, okay, here's one guy saying, I think Al Gore should run, uh, is yet another uh, just obvious thing that shows that they have no bench. They have nobody else past Hillary Clinton. Yeah. If Hillary Clinton doesn't run, they're like, all right, what other person from that era can we get? Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know. Dick Gephardt? That's probably the next guy, as we've been discussing. It's Al Gore. I'm glad you're on board with oh, him now. I'm, I'm, all, I'm Gephardt You're all about Gephardt. I think if he runs, I might vote for him. <laughs> uh, just because he's that strong a candidate. I have completely forgotten where he stands on anything, so I might as well. I might <laughs> I, I he stands on America. He's for yeah, America. He Dick is for America. He stands with his foot on the throat of America. Yeah. And I think that was his uh, slogan. But, uh, but I like it. I like somehow. it, too. I don't know why. Yeah, because we're into it. <laughs> Oddly, uh, so um, we just I, want him to run. Yeah, we, do, we, we really do. Can you imagine the four of them? Gore, oh. Biden, Elizabeth Warren, Dick Gephardt. And I don't know why Dick Gephardt, just because you've been bringing him up a lot lately. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, really. It's because he's like an archive now. I think that's why. Triple eight seven two seven. Back there's more patents too. That's well, know. you don't. I, well, oh, you got more. I, well, I was well go. there, see, that's what I'm saying. There's more right now with Stu. Stu, well, no, well, turn off the music. No, turn off the not. music. Turn we'll back Stu's got more to oh. say. We'll be back more. No, with more no, here on the no. I won't hear it. No, no, Stu. <laughs> I don't want you interrupted. I won't have it. I won't stand for it. I've already Stu, signed off. Go ahead. So I, they can sit here with the camera. What, you, what were you going to say? Want, <laughs> Stu, go ahead. No, we took a break. Let's Stu, go. Stu, we're not in a break. The rest of what you're going to go. That was. I've already taken. I've already taken the break. So I'm just. I mean, I can just leave. You guys can keep the... But you had the important things. <laughs> okay. You should be showing Stu. He's oh, that proves how much he hates Dick Gephardt right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. Right there. He tried to pretend like, oh, I want Dick Gephardt. Whatever. You know. Whatever. <laughs> okay. Let's see if he talks about that and stuff. Huh? Welcome back to the program. Thank you. Twenty-year-old uh, uh, Spider-Man guy is helping people uh, in England. Uh, he, I've learned that everyone is the same. We're all part of the human experience, and I believe that we need to look at everyone as humans and help. Why, if he wa wants to look at everyone as humans, why is he dressing as Spider-Man? That's good. That's a key question, question, and I think we need to ask him. Uh, that. I'd also like to dispute what he said about uh, he's learning that everyone is the same. No, they're we're not. not the same. No, we're actually not. <laughs> so you haven't learned a thing yet. Yeah, <laughs> we're not the same. Here so. is uh, let's. Uh, this is him, I guess. <laughs> You're not me. Yeah, I'm exactly. not you. I don't dress as Spider-Man. Never have, never will. Well, you might. There's one difference right there I can think of. Right there. You dressed as a Ghostbuster. Uh, no. 
Didn't you? Did I? When? Wasn't that you? No. Weren't you with Glenn at the time he just was the Ghostbusters? No. I've never dressed to my to my recollection. Uh, banana as a Ghostbuster. A banana. Bananas, yes. Okay. Well, that makes uh, sense. You're gonna you're gonna dress right, as a banana. Right. Of course. I mean, Hooters waitress. Huh? Hooters. Hooters waitress. waitress yes. yes. Wait. Wait a minute. Dressed that way too. You actually dressed in the Hooters. In the Hooters in the yeah. Hooters outfit. Yes. I, I it was a little smaller then, and so it was Glenn. A tad more trim. Tad, tad more trim. Mm -hmm. Yes. Glenn did when this I was, as well. When I was 29, yes, I was a little trimmer. Now, on the flip side of that, though, sadly, you had smaller breasts. Very much smaller. Yeah. In fact, I had no breasts. That's the one positive of uh, is getting uh, uh, fat like us. Is yeah. You get the nice man moves. They're really nice. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. The moves. Very, very as sexy. Moves. As Jeff very sexy. Big fan of moves. Yeah. Right. Uh, here is uh, the guy in Birmingham, England, uh, helping people uh, dress as Spider-Man for some reason. We're not the same, though. Okay. Here he goes. There he is. Dude, we're not the same. Look, see, this guy's not dressed as Spider-Man either. Oh, that's nice. Giving him food. That's nice. Have a good night, mate. Just yep. going out, dressed as Spider-Man, doing heroic things like feeding the homeless. Everyone's got a job. Everyone's got to have a day job. Well, or a night job in this case. How you doing? I'm good. Good night. Pardon? Good to see you back in life. My wife, mate. Good to see you back in life. Oh, no problem. It's been a while. That's nice. Yeah, very cool. I mean, obviously nice. helping uh, people like that yeah. is, uh, is very cool. There's a guy who gives the homeless, like, cars and stuff, which is a little bit better than this. But They don't yeah. need cars. But, uh, they don't need cars. They need, uh, <laughs> like a, they need, like, a pint of milk. Have you seen the one where the guy gives him food and stuff at first, and then he gave him an apartment? Builds him up, yeah. Yeah, he gave him, gave him like, a right. year's here, right? worth of... I think we played yeah, that yeah, one, too. That yeah. A little more impressive than the yeah, here have know, a sandwich, but everybody does their part, right? That's Everyone what he's has their saying. little role. That's what he's and saying. You know you. what I've learned? Everyone's. I've learned we're all the same. Mm -hmm. That's what I've learned. We're all the same, and I learned it from Spider-Man. Well, and the thing that you could prove pretty clearly that we're not all the same is that if we were all the same, we'd all be the same as Jeffy. Yeah, and we and don't that's want that. We don't want that. We don't want that. It's or, not true. No, we'd also you'd also prove that we're the same as our dorky staff that does dorky. Stupid That's things. a great point. Yeah. <laughs> they dressed up as Power Rangers the other night mm -hmm. and then got into an Uber car. And what were you guys doing? What was that about? Well, that was something. Know, I, going I, to some party or something? I think so. This is, they actually appeared uh, in a uh, music video. This is uh, the band Graceland Ninjas. Watch. Oh. Mm-hmm. Ah. Apparently they, there they are. That's not right. There they are. They're the Power Rangers, apparently. There they are. I only know this because they tell me about it every, every single, single day. day. Yeah. Without fail. 20, 30, 40 times a day. Okay, they're the... That's how I know. So there you go. And there it is. That is quite possible. They're, they're very excited about it. They're the, they're the Power now, Rangers. Jeffy, these. most of the videos you're in come from a security perspective. Uh, they're a little different. They're from I above. I like everything kinda. about that video except for the part with all the all the Power Rangers. Co-workers in it. <laughs> really? You like the other parts of the video better? The other parts of the video is a lot better. Uh, 
Uh, who are they? I mean, what is that? What I, What is the deal on that? What is the deal on Graceland that? Graceland Ninjas. I mean, they're make, that's their group, right? That's whose group? The who they perform with all the time. Yeah, right? I, they're. I, I don't know. I, I don't know much about that. I've not seen them. I, a lot of people say they're great. Uh, great live. Uh, great Graceland live Ninjas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I've, uh, I've not seen them myself though. Have not either. But uh, maybe like Pat, I seem like Pat Gray would be in the demo. Oh, yeah. my, you know. Gosh, think, yes. Uh, that seemed like it was right up my alley. Right up your alley, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and look at they're doing the hey, whoa thing. That's, I, I'm into that completely. Right. Yeah. It's someplace you could go with your kids because of the Power Rangers. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Family friendly. And the mm-hmm. chicks with really long legs. I think they dig that, too. Uh, legs are actually technically probably normal sized. No, they're actually... <laughs> I don't think they are. No, we're all the same. They're normal. They're all the same. That's right. We're all the same. We're all the same. Spider-Man told us all about that, Jeff. We're all the same. Thank you very much. Um, (laughs) That's uh, that's an interesting moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've never been in a music video. Nor will I I ever be in one. I haven't either. Jeffy? You've you've set music to videos that you've taken. That's different. An actual music video like MTV video? I don't know. I think I have. And you know what I've learned? Really? We're all the same. We're all the same. So we have all done <laughs> so if, music videos. Oh, that's right. Because if they've yeah. been in music videos, then we've you, been in music we have, videos. Because we we're, yes, we yeah. we're all the same. We're all the same. That's what I've learned today. It's impossible to, uh, <laughs> for us to keep us a nice story nice, isn't it? It never... I mean, you don't come to this story for heartwarming, heartwarming no, you don't. things like that. You do, you can't. Sorely you're disappointed. sorely disappointed. Like, you go to Glenn, and then Glenn does the nice telling of the story, and then we pick it and apart and say it's not it. nice. Yeah. So what's missing here is the nice part of the story, because we ruined it from the top. Well, we but, said it was nice. Well, yeah, we did. We did say it was nice. <laughs> I belittled it with the story of the other guy, who not only gave the guy money, he gave him a place to live, well, so he didn't have to be homeless anymore. What's amazing about it is when we did that story, we also belittled that one. Did we? Yeah. yeah. Well, of course oh we God, did. Yeah. That's okay. what we do here. Good. Yeah. So, and, mean, but they do it too, because what I learned today, we're, we're all, all the same. same. We're all the we're same. all the like, same. You could say, well, wait, you guys didn't do the heartwarming thing. Well, Glenn does the heartwarming thing, and right. we're all the same, so therefore we've done the we've heartwarming, done heartwarming thing. thing. Mm-hmm. That's why we've been in the mi- music video, the same one they were doing, because yeah. we're all the same. We're all the same. Yeah, we're all the same. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. But you knew that because we're, we're all, all the same. same. Uh, we'll come back to the patents do and you show because we're all the same. That's what we've learned today. In just a moment, we're all the same. <laughs> Pat and Stu, Uh, you know what's great is that we're living in a time with the most transparent, open administration in the history of not just this nation, but the world. Amen. Really? I know that. There was an administration that lived entirely behind glass uh, back around the time, right around Xerxes' time. Oh, I thought it was more closer to Genghis Khan. No, it was even before that. 
uh, closer to Xerxes, I believe. Somewhere, but it was between Xerxes and uh, Genghis. And they lived behind glass, and everything they did uh, was done in the open, uh, surrounded by every person in the nation. Really? Yeah. Every decision they made, they've invited all the people of the land. What about when they like, had to go to the bathroom? What, the people watched. The people watched. That's how open it was. Mm. After a while, this, you just get used to people watching. This administration is more open than that one. More. Really? Mm -hmm. So they don't have the glass, or they don't have the glass, but they have cameras and stuff that oh, okay. that they could use and whatnot. Mm. Which you know? is why I, I said after a while you just get you used get to used people to it, watching, right? Yeah. I don't think I know mm -hmm. that's not true because we do this show every day. I never get, I used, never to get used to it. Never get used to it. I would love to not be on television never and just get used do radio. To it. Right. That's, uh, <laughs> that's actually the industry we entered, true. isn't it? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Kind of, yeah. Actually, yes, it's it not. Is. I actually kind of entered the radio industry, but then it kind of morphed. No, that's, oh, what, that's I'm what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm yeah. Saying we chose yes, to enter chose the radio to. industry. Correct. Yes. And then now we're doing this, which is look. Is it fine? Yeah. It's just unfortunate for you. Right. To be perfectly honest. What are you gonna do? What what you mean? Mean? I mean, you, the good thing is, and, I, and it's like I remember back in the day, they used to have those brightness knobs on the TV, mm -hmm. and then right. like if you turned all of them down, you could pretty much get no picture and get the sound. Mm -hmm. That's how we recommend listening, watching the show, which mm -hmm. is just listening to the show. For those of you listening on Blaze Radio, uh, yeah. you are the ones doing it right. This is the way it's designed. Uh, is the way, <laughs> the way you're listening to Blaze Radio, you can like pull up a picture of like, you know, Scarlett Johansson. And then listen to us talk, and it won't be as sexy as if we heard her talk. We actually look like if you're if you're watch, listening on uh, Blaze Radio, we actually look just like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, well, just picture her in well, your mind, and that's what's because uh, that's really, deeper anyway, voices. As we found out last hour, we're all the same. <laughs> we're, yeah, that's right. Yeah, we are Scarlett Johansson because we're all we're the all same. the same. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, the Obama administration more open than the uh, behind open glass uh, administration back uh, between Xerxes and Genghis. Um, so open, in fact, that they just set a new record again for the second straight month uh, for more often than ever censoring government files, censoring government files or outright denying access to them under the U.S. Freedom of Information Act, more so than at any time in history. The government took longer to turn over files when it provided any uh, and refused a record number of times to turn over files quickly that might be especially newsworthy. It also acknowledged in nearly one in three cases that its initial decisions to withhold or censor records were improper under law, but only when it was challenged. Uh, and then they kept doing it. Uh, its backlog of unanswered requests at year's end grew remarkably by 55% to more than 200,000. That's amazing. It also cut by 375, or about 9%, the number of full-time employees across government paid to look for records. Fewest numbers of employees working on the issue for five years. White House taught it its success under its own analysis. It, its success, these guys are unbelievable. It goes back to the long-term Jeffy analysis. Uh, would you like to state it? <laughs> uh Whatever they say, mm -hmm. the exact opposite is true. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> that is exactly where we are in this one. So they touted their success, failure, under their own analysis, routinely excludes from its at, uh, assessment instances when it couldn't find records. A person refused to pay 
or the request was determined to be improper under the law and said under this calculation it released all our parts of records in 91% of requests, still a record low since Obama took office using the White House's. I like that. So they basically they said, like, uh, to give you an example, uh, look, we, we got a base hit in 0.9% of cases, um, which is great. And then someone said to them, um, actually, that's the lowest batting average in history. And the then, AP is saying that. It's not us right. saying it. The AP is saying it's a rec Even the number they're lying about and touting using their ridiculous saying math is, is still a record low. And then after they were told that, White House spokesman Josh Ernest said, yeah, we, we actually have a lot to brag about. Wait. You do? What? <laughs> what? You certainly brag a lot, so I, I yeah, understand how you believe that. But sure do. Not, not on, you don't, you know, it's not on anything real. It's just... You guys are just saying it. And again. Hoping people believe it. And again, they have announced uh, that their office or administration will no longer be subject to federal regulations regarding the Freedom of Information Act. Wait. What? What? Mm -hmm. The most transparent administration in history is announcing this coming Tuesday that its office or administration will no longer be subject to federal regulations regarding the FOI, FOIA which allows citizens to request copies of federal documents. While the action is not surprising, it's a move they could have made in 2009, which raises questions about timing. Unlike other offices within the White House, which were always exempt, um, uh, till the Obama administration, watchdog groups on the left and right used records from the office to shed light on how the White House works. Um, this is an office that operated under the FOIA for 30 years, and when it became politically inconvenient they decided they weren't subject to the freedom of information act anymore well if it's an inconvenient i mean we can't really ask them to do it if, if it's inconvenient for them right you seriously can't make this stuff up no most transparent and and then they keep saying it and then they keep saying yeah we're we're still great well <laughs> no you're you're the worst of all time well, this is this is the debbie wasserman schultz philosophy you just keep yeah. saying it no matter how ridiculous it sounds there's somebody out there that it doesn't sound ridiculous to hopefully they hear it the people who know what you're talking about obviously aren't going to believe you, but those aren't the people you're going after. You're going after people who have never heard it before, aren't familiar with the debate, uh, might just be convinced <coughs> by somebody saying something uh, with confidence. There's actually somebody for De Debbie Wasserman Schultz that employed that technique. <sighs> Forget who it was, though. Mm. Oh, really? Yeah. It starts with an N. N. And Nancy Pelosi? Nanilla wafers? Starts with N and ends in Otsies or something? I don't know. Yahtzees? The Yahtzees. People who play Yahtzee. Yahtzee. People who play Yahtzee a lot. Do you employ that same tactic where the bigger the lie, the more you keep repeating it and people will believe it. It's easier to get them to believe it. Yeah. There's a show called Nathan for You. It's on Comedy Central. It's basically. I, on your recommendation, watched. I was just going to do the one. I spent the whole day over there. Over there just watching. I told you, was I right? I was wasting so much time. I had a bunch of work to do. I'm wasting, I don't know, an hour and a half, two hours watching video after video after video for this guy. It's so good. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's kind of the only show I actually care to ever watch again. It's called Nathan for You on Oh, here comes Glenn. I have to tell you. Oh, good. Yes. I just drove the new Tesla. Oh, yeah. That's right. Dual engine, the S. Oh, it's the one in the front and the back? Guys. I've been launched from an aircraft carrier. It was almost like that. 
Really? Literally, I think the blood ran out of my head. You're pulling a full G. So are we all getting one? Yeah, we're all getting one. What's the cost of that thing? Nice. Starts at 69000 Not that one, though. Yeah. No way. No, no way. with a dual engine, it's, I think, an extra ten grand. Dual engine, dual, extra battery pack. What if you wanted tires? Extra battery pack. So how far does it go? Do that one goes 400, and then 300 you, miles. And then what do you do? Bad. Where can it be charged? Just at home? Got to plug home. it in They do home. have, uh, they're building. They superchargers. And they, superchargers, right? Yeah, they yeah. have superchargers. It can um, give you 80% of a charge in 30 minutes. You can plug it in, and it would take days. You can use your, like, mm. you know, 220, and it will take you six hours. Um, so back still for a trip somewhere. That's yeah, still it's not tough. really, it's still not a long trip car, but still everything but, else it would do really well. Dang, it sounds great. Unbelievable. Not a button in it. What's the technology no, it's like? like the, it's way bigger than the iPad. It's like, like, an, it's like, like the iPhone. screen is probably screen beautiful. Is two giant iPhones. Is or it I, like I, iPads? iPads. Huge. 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 Two Huge. giant iPads. Right in the center. I mean, literally Huge. iPads, or they just look like No, no, no. Well, just two. Touchscreens. Huge okay, yeah. two touchscreens. No buttons. There's no buttons. There's literally no. federally mandated button for the hazards, and then a button for the glove box, and that's it. No buttons. Is the button for the glove box federally mandated as well? No. <laughs> no. So, so you'd recommend this automobile? Oh, it's great. Are there, are there apps like Pandora and, and stuff? Oh, yeah, that's all oh, available. Yeah, 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 all on board. Yeah. Internet access. The, the great thing about it's that, too. It's all run by your phone. Oh, okay. So whatever you do on your phone So your the iPad, access to the Internet in. comes from your phone. They yeah. still don't have it in the car. Coolest feature. Right. You walk up to the car, and if you're carrying the key... As you walk up the car, the door handles come out. Mm. Nice. That's really cool. Door you... handles are flush with the door until the key walks up. And Is this still here? Up, can we just stop the show and just go look at it? Yeah, they're doing test drive for anybody who wants to test drive. What? What? Right now? Right now. What, what are you talking heck? about? Natasha? here. Go ahead and walk us through the rest of the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Jeffy can't fit One in a test. Well, test let's test let right. Jeffy do the show. One of you guys should go test drive. I really want. I want. I want to go. Buy, I'm thinking about no, buying think one. But I'm thinking about buying one. Thank I'm you. Go, Thank you. You're right. Triple eight seven two seven Beck. All right. Let's uh, let's take a look at this uh, Megyn Kelly separation agreement. See, I, I guess the latest in the saga of. Uh, Hillary Clinton scandals <laughs> is um, is that she didn't sign a separation agreement when she left the State Department. Uh, I didn't realize you needed to, but I guess you do. I guess so. I mean, I guess it's a technicality. Is it? A te is that all it is? Because they say everybody's required to, and they're making a big deal out of it. Here's Megyn Kelly on it. Or not. Yes. That's me. We wanted to know whether or not this form existed. And if they said yes, then we would know that she signed it. And if yeah. they said, no, it doesn't exist, then we would know that she did not. And now she's been forced to answer. There's no 109. At least they've not been able to recover of an OF-109, which saves Hillary potentially from a perjury charge. Mm -hmm. Because if she had certified that she had returned all of her records, Gosh. we all know that she hadn't done, hadn't done that. She would have been in a lot of trouble today. What she said today was an attempt to What's wiggle out of responsibility. But there was a form. That's not there the should issue, be a form. It? And guess who's responsible for ensuring that these documents are maintained? Wow. The head of the State Department, Hillary Clinton. When she was there, she was the one who had ultimate responsibility is... for making sure that the employees signed wow. this form, which is required at the State Department. And she did not 
She did not sign it, and she didn't see it through. And Jen Psaki's attempt today mm -hmm. to say, and let me, I have it here, uh, there's a difference between secretaries of state Seriously, and staff at lower levels. <laughs> trying to say that's why she didn't sign it, because she was the secretary of state, is completely untrue. And the viewers need to know that right now, because this, the regulations specifically Go. say presidential appointees confirmed by the Senate are included in the regulations. Which is secretary of state. That's Hillary Clinton. And, and Jen Psaki either knows that and is dodging or didn't do her homework. But there's no question Hillary should have signed this form and she was required to and didn't. <laughs> Seriously, what did I don't she say? She said it. Is she even speaking English? I have no, I have no clue. I don't even know what language that was. I think that was about Hillary's emails. Holy crap! I think it was about Hillary's emails. I mean, and you know, you know that Megan is an attractive woman. That something different there. I don't know. Is it her hairdo? What is it? Yeah, she, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, she really looked good. Um, here she is on uh, how egregious this situation is. Apparently. This is so egregious. <laughs> Let me tell you that this has been a complete dereliction of duty to the American people. They had an obligation that they put upon themselves, by the way, at the State Department with their own rules and their own manual that they did not follow. And who was in command at the time? Hillary Clinton. And she she had somebody fired for, in part, not following the rules when same it came rule. to federal records. But yes. she didn't hold herself to the what same said, standard. Megan. And now Jen Psaki gets out there today and the first thing she says, which is an obvious attempt to try to diminish what Hillary exactly. Clinton did. Oh, we didn't find one for Powell or Rice either. Well, guess what? They weren't entirely offline like Hillary Clinton. The certification was more important in this case than it was for anybody. It's a different because situation. Powell and Rice mm -hmm. did business at the State Department on the State Department computers and with real life human beings there. Hillary Clinton did everything from Chappaqua and her individual device, which was controlled by her server. So it was more important than ever that when she left the State Department, she sat down with a records official, as she was required to do, and showed him him, the yeah. documents she had, no, and she they is. came up with it with a determination of what was appropriate to take and what wasn't. Because you know what? Those right. aren't her documents. They're yours, right. yours, uh -huh. and mine. To the All of the viewers, they're not Hillary's. There she is speaking Mandarin Chinese. I don't know. I don't know what that was. But uh, <laughs> it's really egregious. Apparently, she and Juan Williams got into it as well. Uh, and I, you know, it's kind of weird with Juan Williams because he can be really reasonable sometimes. And then other times... Uh, I think more times than not, he's on the side where he's just, no, unreasonable. Unreasonable. Yeah. Yeah. He's done some, he, and said, I some know. really good things. And you think, wow, hey, thank you, Juan. Thank I know. You. He's, Juan is in that, been? kind of that Joe Scarborough yes. world where he's like, yeah, hey, he really is. He's, your, he's our guy. And he really then, is. No. And here's uh, Megan and Juan mixing it up. People are so afraid of her on the Republican side, they're just trying to tear her down. Oh, how, how do you up. say that? If the, the, the law says that it is a violation to willfully conceal your records. The people at the Federal Records Act say she broke no law. That, what we're looking that, at that, is that, I, the Listen, I'm an attorney, and Shannon Coffin is an attorney who worked in the White House, and I'm telling you, I looked at the law, they, and I, no I believe law. there's obviously saying, room for disagreement I, th I don't think you broke any law, and I think that, by the way... Based you on know, what? When I, you I'm look telling at, you the standard is back, willful concealment. There's no willful concealment that you can prove. So, I mean, the question... Why I don't not? think there's a prosecutor in America. How can I not prove America. it? How can it not I mean, be proved when she had 30,000 documents, 60,000 documents? You asked me a question, I'm answering it. I'm going to finish it She's got all the documents on her computer, FOIA requests are coming in, congressional demands are coming in, litigation requests are coming in, 
she doesn't produce any of the documents. How is that not concealment? It's no concealment. She said she had nothing classified, sir, and she, she said That's even worse. She, she said nothing said sensitive in anything That's a different that she question. wrote. That's question. But I was just going to say, it doesn't matter. It's, no, no, no. it's a different question. It's, but I'm just saying, what we heard today from Jen Psaki was no other Secretary of State ever signed this document. But it fuels your conspiracy feelings. I understand that. I because I, I feel I'm offered transparency and the accuracy of history. And I think we can't set a precedent about this. It's bad. I, I have no conspiracy theory. What I say is that it, willful concealment under the law is illegal. That's, that's amazingly stupid from Juan Williams. Well, there's no, there's no willful concealment because she said there was nothing to conceal. Oh, <laughs> it's like I, I killed Jeffy and then I bury his body in the back. And then you ask me, uh, did you kill Jeffy? No, there's no I I killed Jeffy. But, but there we found we found his body out back. No, but I didn't do that because you didn't watch me do it. Well, th that doesn't mean I didn't kill him and bury him in the back. I, that is just bizarre. What reasoning? Well, there's no willful concealment because she said. Oh, well, let's take her word for it then because no politician would ever lie, especially not a Clinton. Right? Right. <laughs> right. Right. Triple eight seven two seven back. So are we done with, are we done with Megan now? Or? I think we're done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Why? I, did you... I, I don't know. I didn't understand half those clips. <laughs> I know. I know. They weren't even in English. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, welcome. Uh, apparently, we, we mentioned was it last week or the week before that there was some small town that was considering a move. Was it a small town or was it like a Portland style town? I, I can't remember. But they were thinking about moving the voting age from eighteen to sixteen, fifteen or sixteen uh, during local elections. All right, that was up in uh, Vermont, right? Oh, uh, was it Vermont? Yeah. Uh, now this is the first major city thinking about it. San Francisco is talking about 16-year-olds oh can drive, they can pay taxes, they can be sentenced to life in prison. So some want the vote right to vote, too. Um, no. <laughs> That's all. I mean, it's a really simple... And look at... Hashtag 16 San... Vote 16 San Francisco. 16 for democracy. Yeah, 16... For the apocalypse. Well, they just arrested, what, uh, a couple of, at least a city councilman and a state rep for corruption out of San Francisco. So there's not enough corruption in San Francisco Or already. stupidity. I mean, can you imagine 16-year-olds, really, you're going to trust them with the vote now? Are you? Are you? Oh, God, this drives me out of my mind. 35 should be the voting age. Now, if, if you want to ruin your city... Uh, San Francisco, by having 16-year-olds vote, go ahead. I mean, I, I, I can't stop you. For national elections, for the president, though, you got to be 35 to vote. 35 to vote for a president or a U.S. senator, okay? Or a U.S. congressman. Now, if you want to do, do school board elections, you want to screw up your city with somebody who doesn't know any issues, somebody who has no life experience, somebody who doesn't own a home, never has... Uh, I, I mean, I don't understand the 16-year-old thing. 
they're not prepared for this. They're not equipped for this. They're just not. And on Tuesday, uh, San Francisco Supervisor John Avalos will attempt to make that happen by introducing a measure that would extend the right to vote to 16 and 17 year olds. He and other uh, supporters say it will encourage civic engagement among youths. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want it. And instill in them lifelong voting habits at a time when turnout is low. Detractors call the measure foolhardy, which it is at best, and at worst, a political ploy by progressives to try to win more votes. From and that's what will happen, you know. And and the progressives are doing this for that reason. Yep. Because the kids are so stupid, they don't know any better, and they're they've been indoctrinated in the progressive school system, and so they're going to come up and they're going to vote for Democrats because they don't understand real life issues. If it passed, it would make San Francisco the first major U.S. city to lower the voting age. Uh, in the past two years, two small cities in Maryland have already lowered their uh, their voting age to 16. I didn't realize wow. it already happened. That's incredible. Tacoma Park and Hyattsville, Maryland, now have a voting age of 16 for local elections. Yeah, good luck with that. Watch them both fall into a sinkhole sometime soon. Um, meanwhile, according to... a 16-year-old vote? Yes. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, really. Even if there's hashtag 16 for democracy? <laughs> Especially if there's hashtag 16 for democracy. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that, that increases your chance of falling into a sinkhole. <laughs> meanwhile, Elon Musk thinks that once self-driving cars become widely used, traditional human driving vehicles... Uh, may need to be banned. I mean, this is something we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. uh, of course they will. Of course they will. Oh, yeah. He, he said it's too dangerous. You can't have a person driving a two-ton death machine. You can't have... What? <laughs> That's what we have Thank right you. now, Elon. Uh, but I think his point is probably that you can't have a person driving a two-ton death machine when you've got the self-driving death machines all around you. I mean, you get, then you got two systems that would not right. mesh. The only way to solve it, right, to begin with, is to have, you know, okay, you can still drive your car in that lane or those yeah. lanes. Even that, though, is kind of iffy because, you know, you're still uh, on some road getting together, right? You, but you have to be. On a freeway, yeah, that would work. But on be. surface streets, you're going to be mixed in together. Right. Uh, and I would think there would have to be a transition period because you're going to have a lot of cars that have to be driven by yeah. people still on the road and then you're going to have this whole new generation of vehicles that drive themselves uh and it's kind of interesting because elon musk uh is the uh he's the tesla guy right and we're yeah that's where Stu is right now he's out test driving a tesla because glenn interrupted the show and i am just driving teslas <laughs> right now so Stu went out and do it uh, is doing it as well but sounds like it's a pretty cool vehicle and the the supposedly According to Glenn, the Tesla on the drawing board right now that's, uh, I guess, due out in a couple of years, um, maybe a model year or two, you can, you can remote start it from your house, and at the same time, your garage door goes up. Then the vehicle, from the button you pushed, pulls out of the garage, drives around to your front door, and waits for you there. That's pretty cool. So that's obviously the precursor to fully self-driven cars. It is, and it's almost, I mean, it's reaching the point where you don't need a wife. I mean, you're still, <laughs> still going to have to 
have somebody. You know, well, what in size the bed house. do you have? What you size bed? In the house, you know. Triple eight seven two seven back. I mean, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, more, more patents too. More work. Up. Yeah, I know. I got you. The house. I got you. Uh huh. Back is the phone number. I am uh, back in house after uh, just uh, test driving the Tesla. Uh, Glenn will have footage footage of this, uh, I guess, tonight on the show, and we'll have some. They took some footage of me driving it as well. It's really, really fast. I mean, that is an impressive car. Zero to sixty in three seconds flat. They said, and I think we proved it. Uh, wow. Yeah, because nice. they're like, you know, most cars. Uh, people driving your car like they don't encourage you to just stop in the middle of the road and then gun it. But that's what. It was. Oh, that's what we did. Uh, it's 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 more like uh, it doesn't even feel like a car. It feels you ever get on one of those roller coasters where you auto accelerate, like uh, you know they they start flat and it goes like maybe a, yeah. one of those that goes straight up. It's, it feels like one of those because it doesn't have that car feel to it. It has like almost like that. It's you know, a ride, yeah, some like, sort of monorail thing, yeah. maybe. It throws you back though. It throws you back in the seat, and and even when you're going like forty and you gun it, it throws you back to seventy or eighty. Like it, it's. I mean, you know, the power. I, I, we talked about it a little bit on the show that I have a car that goes pretty fast, and this is notice, noticeably faster. Now, it doesn't have the top speed of, uh, of a, a normal, like, high-end performance car, I don't think. It's like, one, I think, 130, 140 for top speed. I'm sure it could go faster, but it, I think you'd run out of battery life on, before you got oh, there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, they have, I guess it's called insane mode, which is, like, the highest performance mode. Uh, and uh, I don't think you're getting your 300 miles per charge on, on that particular <laughs> mode. Um, but they, they said... You've traveled 82.5 miles. Yeah. I mean, the only line between this and one of these these cars being a legitimate everybody's driving them is just how to solve that yeah, long trip problem. I mean, it's just, it, you know, as the guy was talking to me out there, really, really nice people at Tesla to bring it over, um, but... Uh, they were, as they were talking about it out there, they have this. Um, it's, they say it's about 280 miles per charge, um, full charge, because of the way they have other things like regenerative yeah. braking and things like that uh, that add a little bit more. Um, however, a if you drive it like you would drive that car, you would not get that uh, that amount of mileage. You're getting 230, maybe 250, yeah. maybe something like that. Lucky, probably, yeah. And the other thing is like if you go on a long trip from Dallas to Houston or Dallas to Austin, they have a midpoint supercharger which is free um but wow. which is kind of cool so you'd be zero you'd pay literally zero gas because it's actually free but um and it takes about a half hour to do 80 percent of the charge which you know while that's a lot slower than gas that's that's workable on a long trip you stop for you time it your sure lunch is. stop that's actually Absolutely. workable if there were enough of those to do it i mean it's actually not insane um, you know, a half hour is obviously longer, but when you stop for gas, if there's a line, it could take 10 or 15 minutes. And a lot of times you're going to go inside and get a soda or whatever. Yeah. If you could uh, kind of plan a little bit around that, especially so, yeah, if they had a full it, service it situation. More and more, yeah, you're going to create some sort of commerce, right? I mean, there's going to be stores and things to do while you're charging yeah. at the supercharge store. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, or if it's just at a gas station, you know, I mean, uh, you're going to be there. You're going to be able to go in, go to a restaurant if there's a McDonald's there or whatever. Whatever, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, and the car's really nice. I mean, it's really comfortable. It's it's really nice looking, as if you've ever seen one of them. 
It's pretty cool technology. Again, it's you know it's a hundred thousand dollar car you're talking about. I mean, it's it, not quite a hundred thousand. I think they do start at sixty nine. They said, um, and they said this particular one starts at like eighty. Yeah. Just you know, but then there's a there's an upgrade to to the upgrade to the upgrade. Oh, you want seats? Yeah. You, know, you want a steering wheel? No. I mean, it's so it's not. They're not incredibly high priced cars for the amount of performance you're getting, especially in acceleration. But uh, you know. A little out of the range of the average person, yeah. I would say. Um, just financially, uh, you know, it's going to be too high. But th I think the plan is, and it's a smart plan by Tesla, and we talked about this going back to 2006. 2006, we did a documentary about global warming and, and uh, energy, and we featured Tesla as, hey, this could be one yeah. of the companies of the future. It looks, and this is when they were very, they started off very early, and they did something very smart, which unlike all the other electric car companies who decided to make golf carts, they, you know, like they are like, here's a golf cart that can go 38 miles an hour. Right. And we think most of the time you're not on the highway, so it's fine. And everyone will buy one because it's only $9,000. No. And no one wants that. Uh, this car is a car that everybody actually wants. It's, it's an unbelievable car, um, but the price is too high for the average person. And what they're doing is they're, they seem to be at least sort of tearing it down. The first car was well over $100,000. This one's you know, around $70,000. And, you know, I think in the, the plan in the future is to get one that's more in the, the neighborhood that people can actually afford, which is kind of cool. I mean, they're doing it the right way. They're getting the buzz started. People who like the technology are buying it early. Uh, it would be interesting. I, I, I don't know. And he's already making the argument, right? We talked about it uh, uh, when you were out test driving. Pat and I mentioned that, you know, he's, you can't have a person driving a two-ton death machine. They've got to be just a driverless car. has got to be off the road. People driving their car has got to be off the road. Really? Yeah. So, I mean, they're already they're making already. that case. Oh, yeah. That's right? got to be so. I mean, well, and they're going to have unbelievable statistics to back this up. They're, oh. they're going to take areas where there's all driver driverless cars, and the, the accidents, are, they're going to go down from, I mean, what's the number in Texas all the time? You always see, they post the number of how many people have died on the highways. <laughs> and I said, it's a little bit macabre. Uh, but they put it it's up on the. Lot, yeah, I, it's I like, don't even remember what it was. It's but like 9/11 area for. Yeah, me. I mean you it's see like the numbers. Three, like, four thousand a year in just Texas. And it's like when you can take three or four thousand dead people and convert that into twenty. I mean, you know, maybe something goes wrong with the car every once in a while, but you're not going to. You're not not twenty thousand. Twenty people. Right. Um, and maybe less. I think the goal is zero. Last year, three thousand people died. This year, ten. Ten. And when they say there's a 99 percent decrease in deaths on the roads, you're not going to be able to stop these. Nope. They're, they're gonna. They're, you're not gonna be able to drive. I mean, I don't know how close that is. I think it's years and years and years away. Well, Glenn thinks it's a lot closer. Than I. Me, but. I don't know. I think maybe we. I think maybe they started with because uh, right. I mean, we originally thought about they'd have lanes, right? They'd yeah. have you know you okay. You can drive over in those lanes and the yeah. driverless cars over here. But somewhere they've got to cross paths. Oh but, yeah, that, but, they're gonna build them. They, they have to build them on the normal roads. But maybe we do. Maybe they end up doing. Um, uh, you can still drive outside the city limits, something like that. Something like your idea about the flying cars. Something yeah. Like that. You know what I mean? Where they, right. the people, so they, and then that's kind of their grandfather plan mm -hmm. of, uh, yeah, like you, know, you still have a car that drives. That's no problem. You can drive it outside the city limits. Maybe. I bet certain cities will just start banning them. You have to be in auto mode to cross this, this, this border. Right. And there'll be, you know, states um, that are more freedom oriented will keep them in longer but i mean there's it's going to be tough it and sure i got and as you get over time the lo that american love for driving is just going to start fading i mean you know our kids are going to say well why do i want to do that when i can play you know i can play video games or i can do my work or i can do yeah. whatever i want while the car drives me i don't want to drive i mean there's that weird american passion for driving that already isn't really around the rest of the world 
is going to start fading here as this goes away. You're, people are going to be, well, I, I can use that time for something, you know, better. I'm okay and with I, being in the vehicle going places, but I can use that time more productively. And I'll tell you, Jeffy, you know, uh, oh. we, we took the train uh, to New I, York, both of us. Uh, the sooner I have a self-driving car, the better. Yeah. I, I mean, I, if I, if I, I joke around about having a wife that would drive me everywhere, she doesn't. Yeah. In real life? No, she doesn't even like you in real life. <laughs> <laughs> the sooner I have a self-driving car, the better. Yeah. I love it. But I'll tell you, you know, the the, the cities are going to have to figure out ways to fund their government because the, oh the parking gosh. ticket goes away. And that's, you know, to some degree is going to be annoying because Americans like to drive a lot faster than the speed limit. Um, but, like, this car, this car knows what the speed limit is on the road you're on. So while you're driving and you're looking at your speed limit and you're going 60, it tells you the speed limit is 40. Uh, on your thing and they say there's a feature in the car which is one i'm like you can turn this off right i know uh, there's a like... feature in the car that if you're going 60 in a, as soon as you cross 40 in a 40 mile an hour uh, range it will beep for you if you want it to to let you know you're That's going nice faster home. than the speed limit um That's no nice no thank you but i mean for pat it would be a great feature it would it would say this feature would save pat one million dollars a year in parking in speeding <laughs> tickets, um, but I wouldn't want that onto my car. I mean, I, you know, I, no, but, what, but what, we. Why, what I'm saying is, listen, we're like the last generation of those people. Listen, when who it care. beeps like that, all that's doing is just reminding you that uh, the information has been sent to the local enforcement, and they're going to send you a ticket. So, thank you. I wouldn't be surprised. Although, when you get the, when they're self-driving. When you get down the road and these things are self-driving, it just won't go over that right. speed limit. It, you know, and that's. And you'll also, by the way, lose your five miles an hour over. But then again, uh, why not race them? If everyone's doing auto-driving cars, there's no reason to have correct. a 40 mile an hour remember, speed limit. Remember, Make it 100. Right. The, uh, the whole, that was the point in, uh, you know, we always go back to movies, uh, you know, representing life. But remember in iRobot, right, when Will Smith was actually manually driving the car that everyone else was letting the computers drive, she was all worried that he was manually driving it at these speeds. Yeah. So it, everything yeah. was moving faster. Right. And then Jeffy brings up the documentary, iRobot, uh, which teaches like us quite a bit about the future. Like it does. Uh, it does. It does. Uh, so uh, we'll get Pat's view on it. He's out there taking the uh, the test drive now. And, uh, you know, I mean, probably getting pulled over. Pat will be the one. Like, That'd be fantastic. So Glenn went out there and gunned it and went like 80. And then everyone else in the, on the staff has done it over and over again. At some point, someone called the police and said, there's a, some car going really fast. <laughs> Pat will be the one in it when it gets pulled over. You have no idea how I, promise. I hope oh, that happens. I hope so, too. That would oh, be my so gosh. Good. So good. Um, so let's, uh, let's do the, uh, before we go to break here, um, did you guys do the Elton John thing yet? No. Did we get a chance to talk about that? Um, this is interesting because it's a weird, it's a really strange story. Elton John, if you missed this, really pissed off at Dolce & Gabbana because they came out and they are, uh, two designers, you know, high-end designers. And I guess they are a gay couple, which I was not, I did not know that. So, uh, I guess it was founded by a gay couple, and, and so uh, you'd think maybe they, uh, him and uh, Elton John have something in common as far as these issues go. Apparently not, because uh, Dolce & Gabbana came out and they said, uh, we don't think uh, gay adoption is a good thing. We think mother and father is the only way for, you know, to really raise a child right. So that's a pretty strong stance from, uh, from a, a gay couple, or I guess they were a gay couple. They're not together anymore. Uh, what's his face? Elton John comes out and says, I'm going to boycott them. This is horrible. They're, they're awful people for saying this. Um, uh, the problem, of course, being that days after announcing he would be boycotting Dolce & Gabbana, uh, he walked into his house with a bag from Dolce & Gabbana. You can't be expected not to shop there. Well, 
I, think I mean, that's what a boycott is. Technically, he did boycott it for the rest of that day. You, so you're saying you can if if you are not currently at an establishment, you're boycotting. Yeah, like, absolutely. Right now, I'm boycotting Red Robin because I'm not currently eating Red Correct. Robin. Correct. Oh, bad, bad. But, but when I go in there in 20 minutes, boycott's over. Then the boycott's over. But then it starts again when I walk out. Absolutely. I like this. This is a good <laughs> philosophy. Absolutely no strength at all needed to to carry it out. I like that. Um, uh, Gabana, uh, Stefano Gabana is his name. Uh, he uh, is saying Elton John is an ig- is ignorant and a fascist, uh, which is pretty pretty harsh. He says, "How dare you refer to my beautiful?" Uh, uh, this is a, excuse me, uh, uh, Elton John now saying, "How dare you refer to my beautiful children as synthetic?" Um, which is one of the comments uh, Gab- uh, Dolce and Gabbana made. Um, and then uh, Gabbana responded directly to John's post, writing simply, "Fascist." Which I know. <laughs> Really, these words don't mean the things that we no, believe they, they mean. Um, close. Uh, and called him ignorant as well. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know, he certainly has a right to express his opinion. If he doesn't think what they said is right, he can not shop at the store or shop at the store and say he's not shopping at the store, which seems to be kind of his actual stance, which is I'm going to get the stuff I want from the store. However, I'm boycotting the store in spirit. I, I don't know exactly. Uh, what the truth of that is, um, but it's a kind of a weird controversy. Every once in a while, you get one of these things. It's kind of everybody's on the wrong side of it. You don't understand. Wait, you're supposed to be over there, and you're supposed to be over there. I don't get it. Now, it's possible. Maybe he went shopping uh, someplace else, and he needed a bag, and they gave him a Dolce Cabana bag to carry the stuff home. Uh, well, so he didn't actually go there. That was the initial sort of excuse. The initial excuse was, uh, well, yes, he had the bag, but he wasn't shopping. He, the bag. There. he didn't shop there. Then they called back and said, oh yeah, he was shopping there. Sorry. I mean, how, look, I'm not saying you need to hold this boycott up for the rest of your life. I understand if you want something from Dolce & Gabbana in a few months, people are going to forget that you went in there and no one's going to care. But can you wait a week after maybe, making the comments? Maybe, I don't know. Elton is is uh, rumored to spend quite a lot of money yeah, he is. Uh, all the time uh, to keep up a lifestyle that uh, he has become accustomed to. Perhaps he sends a do boy down to Dolce and buy something he doesn't do it himself? Yeah, exactly. Something? Something. So you're saying he actually should still continue to buy things from the store he's boycotting? I, he, I said it already. He cannot be expected not to have his Dolce Cabana. So it's just send can't the help. Live without it. Is what you're saying? No. Please. Yeah, the, the heartfelt principles of Jeff Fisher on display <laughs> yet again here in the program. Triple eight seven twenty seven back is the uh, number. Back with more patents too in a second because it's unfortunately inevitable. Okay, I'm back. Did you? You probably already explained. I explained my experience, but please tell yours. My neck is sore. I'm. It's seriously. <laughs> I think I got whiplash from that thing. That is the most incredible car experience I've ever really ever had by far. By far. Will they let me in it? No, you're too fat. <laughs> you can't. There's a. Is, is it like a roller coaster? Or I, if you I were you, Jeffy, go out there right seat. now. There's, there, I think yeah. they're going to be. Go, just go. 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 You got to do it. 
you got to do it. If they're anywhere here, and I think they were just about to wrap it up, but say one oh more time, gosh. just one more. You should. You should seriously. You, you got to try it. it. You have to experience it. It's sick. It's sick. Jeff Fisher out. I will say this. If you don't know what we're talking about, you just tuned in. It's the Tesla S model, and I forget what the number is. S. P85S or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's the top of the line. Top one. of the line. Uh, and you can notice it. It's, yeah. Really, it has the dual motor front and back, and but there's still trunk space because yeah. the motors are underneath. Yeah, right? when you the say trunk space, the trunk, when you go in the back, is like a normal size trunk. However, the hood where the engine normally is, is also a really big trunk. trunk. So you have way more way storage more than you ever have in than a, normal, a normal, car. normal car. And uh, the the other thing is that the trunk turns into seats for your kids. And they said it's the safest place in the car if you convert it to seats. Wait, what? So it's easily, you, you push this button and it turns into seats. <laughs> so you, really? got, you got the two in front, you got the two in back, and then you can actually have two in the way back. Oh, I didn't know that. So, like, yeah. those cool, like, the, those station wagon seats where you look out the back window? Kind of like that, yeah. Nice, those are awesome. Yeah, so, I mean, kids would love that. And this thing is seriously like a rocket. It is so fast. I, you can't believe it because we were on this three-lane street here in Irving, Las Colinas. And we took it out, and I got into the middle of the three, came to a complete dead stop. Fortunately, there was nobody behind us. And then punched it. And it throws you back to where your head is like this, and you're like, oh, my gosh, i got to look at the road. Yeah. And you gotta you gotta kind of bring your head back. The G force you are you are pulling a one G as you take off. It's really unbelievable. And the G-force. thing about like because you know I you know like to play with the acceleration of my car. We've had our moments yep. where we've uh, driven we our cars quickly near each other, <laughs> um, and you don't do that all the time because obviously. You, oh, you waste so much you'd gas. You waste so much thing. gas. It would be ridiculous. Uh, I don't know that I would feel that way with that car no, because you you're gonna go. You, you have 250 miles roughly. Now, if you drive it like that, you're not getting anywhere close to that. Yeah, they said 280 if you handle it decently. If you handle it decently, um, they said that's not going to happen today. No, <laughs> no. Um, but <laughs> if you know you're only driving 30, 40 miles to work. You could drive it like a maniac everywhere you wanted to, and then pull it back in, and you're going to You'd charge also it overnight. You'd be dead eventually because it would be very unsafe. Your neck would break. Probably that thing goes like a bullet. It is unbelievable. And here's the thing: I, I heard uh, that Elon Musk has announced that they're coming up with some sort of software upgrade on this car that will eliminate um, uh, what did he call it uh, range. Um, nervousness. I, I, he didn't call it that. It's, it's better than that. But you're, so you're not going to worry about how far it will go because he's coming up. He's coming up with something that will show you where you can do it or how you do it. Or hmm. they're making the system better. Because right now, I, I said, okay, this is great. What if I want to go to Houston? It, it's more than it's more than 280 miles to Houston. How am I going to get there? Well, there's two stops between here and Houston. And then I say, okay, well, that's fine, too, but what if I run out while I'm running around in Houston? And they said, well, you, you have uh, a whole bunch of apps where you can plug in, where it shows you you can plug in, or there's... Oh, so the, like a GPS location yes. shows you where you can go to, to plug yeah. in your car. Well, that's cool. Yeah. And they did say, uh, as Glenn kind of brought up when he was in here, a 30-minute 30, 30 charge at one of those things mm-hmm. is not ridiculous on a trip to Houston because you, would, you would stop and have lunch or whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's not you just ideal, plan it out. but, yeah, you'd have to plan it out a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I, that's why I do like the, the design of having a gas option. 
that would certainly make it easier. Like if you could stick yeah. gas, like you know, the Volt has if that. If it was it just a hybrid, that car. I, I think I'd trade my car in on it today. It's that. I mean, it's, it's that, that impressive. amazing. If it was a hybrid, it may not be as impressive though. I, I right. don't know if you could do yeah. the same thing with the hybrid, but yeah. wow. I mean. But we're technology deniers. We don't oh, yes. want uh, oh, renewable right. energy. Crap, right? I want fossil fuels. All we want is ExxonMobil here. What are we doing talking as about As long this? as we're charging them solely oh, on God. coal, everything's going to be fine. Yes. More coal. coal. More coal. 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 Coal.